0: Welcome back to another episode of the Stocks to Blocks podcast, a stocks and blockchain podcast from Investify that turns you from a confused to confident investor. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned pro, join us as we demystify stocks and cryptocurrencies one episode at a time. And whilst we are licensed, we don't know your individual circumstances, so everything in this episode is for education and entertainment purposes only. And with that, let's get stuck into it. I'm Anthony, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Zach and Richard. Boys, Happy Sunday. How are we?
1: Yeah, good morning, fellas. How are we? Good morning. (laughs) Fantastic. Very cold. (laughs) It is freezing.
2: It is. We've got the heater going, though, so we're all right. Uh, It's snowing up in the mountains. Is it? Yeah. 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 should should get up there. Yeah, we should. We did last year. I didn't. You, didn't. <laughs> you guys did. It was it great did. fun. I
1: had to, have to look after the show back here. Oh. I don't know if you did, but that's right. Um, <laughs>
2: play on, play on. Today we're here to
1: talk about
0: investing strategies in a bear market. So before we get stuck into it, Zach, do you want to just give us a bit of an, a rundown of what is a bear market and you know how, how market cycles work and what triggers yeah a bear market off the back of that?
1: Yeah, just turn on your phone and look at the most recent ten news articles. That's a bear <laughs> bear market right there. It's the media, isn't it? The media. Yeah. So. So, yeah, we've seen banking collapses. We've seen, you know, interest rates. We've seen everything, this bull run, all the collapses of different exchanges. That is typically what happens in a bear market. So a bear market typically goes for around about 10 months. So when we're looking 10 months to about a year, so that's from the top of the bull run, the previous bull run, which was back in 2021, down and the, the new lows are usually printed at about 12 months, 10 to 12 months from there on average and who works
0: out like you say it usually goes for 12
1: months but like who works that out well this is just looking Sucked at it in yeah this is just looking at the averages over the last three cycles it's usually taken around 12 months 10 to 12 months for it to bottom out and then from there it technically is the the start of the bull run but you know people still call it bear market territory it's the buyers and the
2: sellers that work it out is that right supply and demand well essentially we dictate the market so us us three if we're all buying we're bullish where if we're all selling we're bearish so there's there's always a bull and there's always a bear out there so
0: but what happens around control? but at at around the 12 month mark does everyone just kind of go all right it's 12 months time to time for the bears to piss
1: off and the bulls to enter well i think you look at last year where we were at you know around that 14 15k mark and everyone was calling out for 10k and for bitcoin to be Mm. annihilated down to like 5k the thing is We've just seen FTX collapse. We've seen Luna collapse. It was like everything was thrown at the market, and it still wouldn't budge below that sort of fourteen k level. So I think that really, for me, that was an indication that that was probably the bottom there. That was, yeah, like to me, I don't think we'll go down to those those sort of levels again, not for a while. That's my that's my honest opinion. It's very much a, a psychological game as well when we're talking about bull and bear markets. Like if you if you see what actually creates a bear market, a bull market, sorry. A bull market's created by hope and optimism. It's built by people believing that this is there's something to this space and that they can make money. And so that's where you start to get a lot of retail clients piling in. You get a lot of you know new institutions that haven't really thought about it before or um, new big players entering the market. And then what happens, it reaches this point of absolute euphoria. This is where all the meme coins are popping off. This is where every man and his dog is coming into the market. And that is essentially where the market becomes quite exhausted. And what that means is it reaches this point where there's no new capital coming into the market. there's no fresh retail clients coming in when that sort of starts to slow down that's essentially when all the people who are in who got in really early such as the you know big institutions the banks everyone like that they start taking profits So they essentially start selling on everyone who's just entered the market and this causes that cascade effect into that the bear market in the
0: show notes i've always wanted to say that so it's my first time saying <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes the wall street cheat sheet for
1: trading psychology. psychology yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah. literally all you need to to be able to invest in this market that's not financial advice
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and there's always like a break-even point
2: especially for institutions not so much retailers i guess we're just all the puppets out there but the institutions really govern the price of of crypto we're talking crypto bitcoin yeah. here where you know maybe fifteen thousand was a point where institutions had that break-even level and you look at you know websites like glass where you can get into the actual fundamentals and economics mm, behind mm-hmm. all, all the setups mm. but essentially that would have been a point where the institutions would be losing money if the price of bitcoin would go below that level mm, so they wouldn't do that like mm. you wouldn't they wouldn't allow for them to go into a big negative like MicroStrategy, you know they had a level that once they broke down that point that's when they started losing money and it actually worked coincidentally to to that same point where it was bitcoin's lows so we did bounce back from that mm. you know support zone as if you look on the charts that would have been a great support level that i'd love to look into a bit
1: further yeah do it oh. <laughs> <laughs> what's, stopping? Stop talking about. <laughs> what's um what's really interesting is even recently you saw all this fud came out come out around all the like sec banning crypto and causing havoc with regulations. And then literally a week later, you get some of the biggest institutions in the world filing for an ETF. Yeah. It just goes like a Bitcoin ETF, sorry. And it makes you think, was it all dumped on purpose? Because that drove the price down to 24K, right? And then all of a sudden, the biggest banks in the US, the same county where they'll just you know, smashing Bitcoin to pieces and, and, and crypto. And I've that- seen
0: plenty, sorry, just on that, I've seen plenty of videos and opinions of people saying that, like, all this, there was all this fad and, like, comms coming out from, like, BlackRock, for example, in the last few years yeah. saying, like, so anti-Bitcoin, so anti-crypto. Yeah, yeah. And are you saying that's possibly to drive the price down and then, what it is, then let's apply for a spot ETF. Yeah. So we can help
1: yeah, bring yeah. on retail so how,
2: investors. How the stance change so quickly. In, yeah. In Literally so in, in a week, time. the
1: whole sentiment's changed. We've gone from this crypto's coming to an end in the US to all of a sudden it's just lit back up with all these institutions now filing for ETFs. It's, <laughs> I, I think they would have had all their longs loaded up at 24K. <laughs> yeah. Bang. They would have made so bank out of you know a call like that.
2: the fact that our thought leaders you know jerome powell going out there and saying amazing things about bitcoin itself you know how it's a security all that stuff mm. like
1: jay money <laughs> shout out J <Jay> money
2: <laughs> that just shows like where where it's heading like yeah we've got security behind the security <laughs> yeah
0: yeah 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 it, it, it is really Interesting how the sentiment has changed
1: over in the States so quickly. So, Zach, we've
0: spoken. No, you're you're going
1: to. I was just going to say, like, this is a prime example of doing the opposite to what everyone else is doing. In this game, it is the minority that wins it's the, like the majority don't win at invest no. at investing right that's it's a minority game it's the retail clients generally who are the ones left holding the bag They're the ones getting dumped on they're the ones finding out last coming to the party you know before everyone's already had their fun and so this is where how we can sort of get ahead in this market and it's, it's by thinking contrarian way to everyone else, right? So when everyone's scared, you know, this is why I, I literally using something as simple as like a fear and greed index, like it's this, an, a fear and greed index is essentially runs off a range of indicators, like Bitcoin indicators to determine the fear and the greed of the market. And if you, this is not financial advice, but you could uh, like literally just go off that alone. So when the market is feared, there's a fantastic time to buy when there's a lot of greed in the market this is when you should be looking to sell like it's something as simple as that i know it's a really simple strategy but what i'm trying to highlight here is just doing the opposite to what the market's doing that they can do well
2: and breaking it down further it's out of a hundred and you can simply just go on google type in fear and greed for crypto Mm. and you know currently we're at like 50 50 something neutral neutral yeah Yeah. but essentially yeah, investing as as zach said and do your own research. It's for educational purposes only. But you can invest when everyone's super fearful and, and make some money. So Zach call outs. Uh, you can invest just
0: based on the Wall Street treat sheet and the fear <laughs> ingredient index.
1: Well, that's Zach that, that that trade. We're going with that. It's a couple of, uh, like investing tools that you can use to to help find like people often wonder like is now a good time to enter and everything in your belly will tell you that it's <laughs> <laughs> I use belly over the stomach. everything uh, in your tummy <laughs> he's got a tummy ache you have little butterflies when you're going to press the buy button R- roller coaster yeah, rider follow, follow the butterflies but we've been here before like I know it feels like crypto is a bit of a cancer right now this happens every single time you know exchanges collapse governments try to take it down blah blah it all happens like it's on a bigger scale before it's really under the microscope because there's a lot more people a lot more involvement but it's it's the same thing Great.
0: We're probably digressing a bit away from the point of the episode. So let's yeah. just get back on track. Yeah. We've spoken about what to look out for in a bear, sorry, in a bull market. What are the kind of you know, euphoria, hope, optimism, all of that? What are some things that we look out for in a bear market? Because that's obviously what we want to get to. Zach, what are some strategies that we should adopt in a bear market?
1: Well, this is more of a mindset, but this is acting like you're, and treating your portfolio like you're a venture capitalist or like a VC. So you have this pool of capital. And you're trying to deploy that pool of capital into companies or projects or you know cryptocurrencies in the hope that you will be able to increase that amount of capital that you do have okay so it's quite quite simple right if we're coming into a market thinking that we can have 50 different cryptocurrencies or this is not just for crypto this is you know all your different investment assets right if you've got 50 assets that you're invested in can you actually keep on top of all those projects do you know what they do do you know what's happening internally do you know what their roadmap is do you know if they're delivering on their roadmap do you know if there's any scandals happening at the moment to be able to keep across and to be able to effectively stay across what's happening with all these assets is, is very unlikely so what that means for you if the scandal breaks out are you keeping on top of it like how are you you, you're finding out most likely after everyone else has already found out because you're trying to you know look after 50 projects so it means that you're a lot slower to act it means you're you're potentially your bags are going to copper. a bit more of a beating when things are bad, but it also means that you can't effectively take profits either because how can you have a profit strategy and be able to execute that for 50 different assets, right? So being able to, I think you need to be honest with yourself and go, how much can time, first of all, can I allocate through this? How much time do I want to spend each day? How much time do I need to be able to execute effectively on these sort of projects? Because if, if you can't do it for 50 projects, don't take on 50 projects. If you can't do it for 20, don't do it for 20. If you can only manage five or, you know, Ten or three, whatever that is, you need to work that out because otherwise you're gonna you're not gonna be able to maximize your opportunities in the market.
2: Anthony, we spoke about this and even in the ETF podcast how you know being too diversified is not is not a good strategy. Mm. Like essentially having a good bundle of of assets that you can actively track is probably super important. Being diversified across different asset class, you know, having a having a little bundle in crypto, having a little bundle in um, stocks, American, or Australian. If you have too many bundles, how are you as as, as a fund manager going to manage mm. all of them correctly? You're obviously mm. going to lose. Yeah, even if you've got some positions hedging, you know, one's going long, one's going short, you need to be actively managing all that. And if you're not, then you're not doing it the right way. Yeah, it's the like, law of diminishing returns, isn't it?
1: Yeah, a venture like capital firm, that, that would have... Multiple investors looking over this as well. Mm. You gotta remember, oh, we're talking about you being a VC. This is you're a one-man band <laughs> yeah. as well, right? You know, it's likely you don't have a team looking over all your portfolio. Time management yeah. is there. <laughs> if you do, hey, that's pretty cool. All right there. but it's likely that you probably don't. So this is why it's really important to surround yourself with a community of people as well, because mm. you're only one person. You can only, you know, keep your eyes on the market for a certain number of hours a day. But if you've got a set, if you've got a heap of people around you. Who are constantly feeding you updates and insights and, and allowing you to keep on top of things? Hey, that's that's where you need to be during a bear market as well. It's shameless plug to Investified. I love it. <laughs> I <was gonna laughs> say, there
2: you go. You so, said it.
1: So, so say I'm a nine to five.
2: My weekdays. Are- pretty jam-packed and I have a bit of time on the weekends and the markets and stock markets closed on the weekends how do you think I would you know actively manage or what's a what's a good amount of assets to
1: hold I mean once again it, it comes down to your time frame as well. Like if you're, if you're saying, Hey, I just want to lock these away for the next five years. And you could probably take on, you know, more projects than someone who's trying to actively trade and doesn't have a heap of time. But I think it's also looking at how long you want to be investing for. Mm. And this, this comes down to another point, another strategy in the bear market as well. I often see people come into a, a bull market. So when everything's flying and they come in with this, this mindset that they want to hold assets for the next five years. Well, that's, you know, that's okay. But the thing is you're literally coming into a market, that's already hot and you're you want to buy already high and then you want to hold it for the next five years so you're going to hold it over the dip probably go through a big long bear market where price is getting smashed and you'll eventually recover like four years down the track and for you to make a little bit of reach hard. all-time highs yeah and reach that point that you initially bought in and so i think just like really changing your mindset around the time frame that you want to hold assets especially in crypto and sort of adjusting that based on where you're coming in on the cycle so if you're buying if you're buying over the last couple of years, then it would make sense to have a four year plan. All right, Zach. So I know we've spoken
0: about dollar cost averaging in previous episodes a bit, but obviously I assume that's a very important investing strategy for a bear market.
1: Yeah. And while we'll go into it, I know we we're bang on about dollar cost averaging, but it's proven strategy that works in bear markets. It's the best way to buy because we don't know, especially if you're if you don't know how to use technical analysis or you just want an automated way of getting into the market, you can't beat dollar cost averaging. This is where you're buying periodically with the same amount, you know, into a cryptocurrency or an asset that you've done research on and you back. I wouldn't go doing a dollar-cost averaging strategy for a meme coin or, you know, (laughs) like a... a or well, You could if you really <laughs> back it, but it's something that you don't know much about, you have no conviction. It's definitely a high conviction sort of play, so it's often used with coins like Bitcoin and Ethereum and you know, top altcoins. But this isn't just used for people with a hundred dollars, you know, or you know, a thousand dollars. We see this at the very top level. MicroStrategy, for example, the world's largest holder of Bitcoin, they've got about 140,000 Bitcoins to the name, which is about four billion dollars worth. They buy with a dollar cost averaging strategy, they started buying at about 20k when bitcoin was 20k they bought all the way up to 60k i don't think dollar cost averaging is a, is a good idea in a bull market like they were doing but even a player like that has been able to do it and they've, they've been buying still over this bear market to bring their average down from you know it used to be around 45k and they've been able to bring it down to now it's like 29k so that's just through buying incrementally on the way down
2: hey you can you can use dollar cost averaging using sentimental analysis so using the fear and greed index to to buy, mm-hmm. sell, and then technical analysis. You spoke about fundamental, but being technical, me, very technical and tangible with everything I do but you know buying support or using psychological levels or using you know the moving average to buy incrementally buy every second week every third week every month but using actual levels on a chart
1: so it depends on your skill level depends on your experience depends on the time you have to allocate to buying you might want something that's automatic that's said and forget that's where dollar cost averaging comes in you might be someone who wants to wait until you know like Rich said come down to the key whole numbers you know when Bitcoin hits 25k when Bitcoin hits 20k you're buying in there so yeah there's different levels based on different experiences if you do want to go for a route with using technical analysis and even whole numbers you're probably going to get some better entries than what you would with an automatic process look it really takes that guesswork out of it just doing automatic buys as well and another thing you speak about I don't know if
0: this is your quote but you say where the story goes the money flows it is your quote (laughs) that's it talk to us about that uh
1: yeah so there's At any one time in the market, there's generally a story that's going on. Uh, Sometimes it's not super obvious, it's not super surface level. Sometimes it's a bit more granular going into like a certain technology within crypto. So it might be, for example, derivative exchanges or might be liquid staking for Ethereum. But a lot of the time, these things can be very surface level such as ai right when we saw chat gpt come through and rock the world we saw an explosion of ai coins and crypto right so what tends to happen is wherever the story goes the money or the narrative is playing out it's kind of like a moth to a flame right it's it's this flame that's lit in the market and you get all these moths flying towards it and because that's where what's interesting that's where the story's going and so this is where the money moves especially in the bear market when there's not that much new capital coming in there's not that many new investors coming into the market and so it's generally like this pool of capital that kind of just like shifts around the market to whatever's sort of trending at the time this is why we saw it recently move into memes you know we've earlier this year go into AI layer uh, layer twos and it's kind of just moved ZK roll-ups it's kind of moving into now and so yeah you can keep your finger on the pulse or you can sort of if, you, if you're if you hearing about a sector that's blowing up it's generally too late because it's you know the people who are making money have already been in there they preempted this sector to blow up so you gotta be you gotta like use your noggin a little bit and, and sort of see brands that are happening before other people can see it that's how you make the big money I'm not saying you can't make money coming in later um, but that is what if you want to make the the most and get the most juice out of the squeeze it's picking it before anyone else
2: staying active i think that's the most important thing is just reading the news like you you know ai might pop up like referencing the stock market for instance nvidia like that that thing went from 200 dollars to 400 dollars And, hey, we caught it. We caught it. (laughs) But essentially the AI narrative came around. It, it, you know, popped up everywhere. And they're the thought leaders in in AI. And they're leading up the tech world on the NASDAQ and S&Ps. And they're the thought leaders there. So, yeah, NVIDIA was a great pick on the the stock market. You know, just following, following the trends, staying active. That's super important. Just not disappearing from from the stage you know
1: yeah you can't expect to be able to pick the next next big thing if you're spending no time in the market like by the time you hear about it it's going to be too late right mm. yeah like there's people who are trying to jump on pepe coin when it was you know already done a hundred x like the, the chasing waterfalls. And, that was <laughs> right, it's just going all in there <laughs> Hey, time timing's everything, so. We've got an inverse tracker on Anthony right Is <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a Jim Cramer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. be the best fight. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs>
0: yeah. Am I? You know.
1: <laughs> so moving forward, what do you think
0: the story will be? What do you think will kick off the next bull market?
1: I think if we're looking from a crypto standpoint, I think it'll be who can make a blockchain that's that sort of solves the trilemma of being scalable, having security and being decentralized, and whoever can do that really well i think that's where that will create a lot of hype i think things like zk roll-ups will be massive i think there'll be a lot of like really like cool narratives that will light um, new advances in DeFi. last run we saw DeFi nfts we saw meme coins really light up the last bull run yeah i think this run from a crypto standpoint we'll see that i think from a macro standpoint we'll see these etfs these hmm. Bitcoin ETFs, they'll bring the next wave of investors in. Cause if you're looking at that, you've got, you know, a heap of people on the sideline who don't want the risk of that custodial risks of having to hold Bitcoin. And it's the whole process of buying it as well can be a little bit daunting. So something like this allows them to be able to buy a share that tracks the price of Bitcoin without having to actually own Bitcoin so they can get involved there. You've also got, I think, another really big catalyst for the next market. It's going to be once we really nail the tools and infrastructure around the space that makes it really easy and seamless for retail clients to come in. So if, they, if they're if they like using apps, if they're moving around the space and they don't even know pretty much they're, they're in crypto on the blockchain, then I think that is a point that will be able to bring a whole new wave of people in. It just has to be so so easy. And we know that. Yeah, I speak about it quite a bit. But the reason why the NBA Top Shots
0: NFTs were so successful is everyday people that were buying and selling them didn't even realize they were buying and selling NFTs almost. They were just digital collectibles. Mm. So I think when you can remove that barrier, whether it's in terms of the terminology or the lingo you're using or the, the interface of making it look too crypto focused or too blockchain focused, if you can remove those barriers and make it seem like it's just another everyday transaction, I think that's mm. when you're going to get some more adoption in the space. But
2: before all that, I guess before any of these narratives kick off, we, we got to understand that Bitcoin is the mother of all coins and if if the money doesn't flow through bitcoin first and you can track that by bitcoin dominance on trading view if that is not going in north in the direction that means money won't flow out of bitcoin into these other narratives so it's super important to know that bitcoin has to be Going up, or the dominance, or the assets need to be flowing into Bitcoin first, then into Ethereum, then into other all the other Mm. altcoins.
1: It's the gateway drug. It is.
2: (laughs) Is it about 50% at the moment? The dominance. Yeah, Yeah. just over. I think. So Bitcoin,
1: for reference, that Bitcoin owns about 50% of the entire crypto market. It's huge. When you say
0: owns, it means that that's where all the half the value is. is. Yeah. 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 Yeah fantastic
1: all right i think we'll leave it there yeah let's wrap that up thank you everyone for listening it's been an absolute pleasure please let us know if you have any questions you can reach us on our instagram twitter or if you're a community member make sure you hit us up in there thanks guys have a great day thanks thank you